0: Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us. What's up, friend? Hey. Episode
1: uh, number three.
0: Episode three. Come on, we Third we're here. time's I a charm. It.
1: Third time's a charm. You had a lot of little cool phrases, like you wove in well said last time. So I think we're getting the hang of this. I like that. I think that. we
0: are. We're getting the rhythm, the feel, the culture of the whole thing.
1: Come on. That's great. Um, all right. So we have my favorite topic.
0: Icebreakers. Yes, before we dive
1: into our actual topic. Yes, so So
0: thank you. Some of you have actually submitted some icebreakers. And so we get to answer our first listener given icebreaker. So please continue to submit those www.thewellaustin.com slash podcast. We love them. Thank you. So shout out to Sarah S. who has given us our icebreaker today. It is, what is your favorite attribute of God right now?
1: Oh, that's really good. I wonder if Sarah S, if her middle name also starts with an S. That would S-S-S-S. be dope. Um, the <laughs> my favorite attribute of God uh, is really His kindness. Mm. Um, I've been stuck a lot on like the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, um, and kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. One of the fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and. Um, The fruit of the Spirit is what God is in and of Himself. It's not like He Hmm. produces this. It's like it's who He is. It's His character. So innate in God is kindness. Mm. His mercies are new every morning. So I've just, I've loved the kindness of God recently. That's so sweet. Yeah. What about you?
0: Yeah. I think for me, it's His sovereignty. Hmm. I've been in the story of Joseph for a very long time. And there's different words and phrasings that are like, and it just so happens or at that time. And you're just like, there's no accident. And Mm. if you don't chop that story up into like the time he was with Pharaoh or the time that he was, you know, and you look at it in its entirety, you just see like this nugget at the beginning that leads to this nugget at the end that like if that hadn't happened then this couldn't have happened. And it's just, it's a beautiful tapestry. And so getting to think about that mapped over my own life, like that's mm. true too. It's like nothing is wasted when we focus on the Lord. He is sovereign yeah. over all things. So that's been- a real comfort.
1: Amen. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. What are, What are we talking about today? Where Ooh, Where are we going? So What's excited!
0: The... <laughs> title of the episode. Some of y'all probably looked at it and were like, "What in the name?" Yes. The title of the episode is E F A P. <laughs>
1: okay, great. Which, if you looked at it, you're like, "What in the name?" So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's what, basically what
0: we want to find Christ in all of Scripture. So, right, like we hear his stories in the gospel. We see our response to him in the letters. But like, this is seeing him across scripture, old to new, page beginning to end. John tells us that he is the word. And so we're going to look for him today in scripture.
1: Yeah. I think it's really important because obviously, if you are a member or a tender at the well, every sermon we get Mm -hmm. to this point where we call the gospel point. And it's showing how the text that we're teaching from is pointing us towards Jesus. Yeah. We might be in Song of Songs. We might be in Genesis. We might be in Revelation. All of it's pointing to the person and the work of Christ. And so corporately we do this. So understanding how to do this is going to aid in your corporate worship Mm -hmm. because you're going to go, oh, that's what's happening here. But then personally as well, we are a people that are designed to worship something. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is like the worship moment in the reading of the scriptures. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Obviously, you read the scriptures for all sorts of reasons. So it's not like you're just looking for how Christ is displayed in the specific text. Right. You're looking for the promises of God, the commands of God. the
0: Our response, our application. What do we do? How do I pray for this person? What would... You know, the Lord asked of me, who exactly. is he? All of those things.
1: But all of those things can turn into law if mm. we're not careful. Like duty, command, yes. obedience driven, all of a sudden.
0: Just our mind, not our hearts, or souls. We're no
1: longer a gospel people all of a sudden. Oof. A people has been liberated by the blood of Christ. So when you begin to see, oh, 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 this story is pointing me towards Jesus, mm-hmm. towards the work on the cross, towards his resurrection, towards his ascension— it starts to produce worship in you, yeah. and what you worship, you serve. Mm. What you worship, you give Ooh. your time, your attention, your money, your affections, yes. your love to. And if you don't know how to worship, then you're going to start slowly but surely worshiping false gods, which we'll talk about later we today are. as well. Look at you. And Look so, at you
0: doing the weave, I right? like it. It's,
1: it's important, just like the scripture weaves. We've got to weave this in. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's why I would even encourage you. I think that's why you should listen to this mm-hmm. one. It's like. Hey, learn. If you learn how to do this, you're going to get so much life out of this. Yes, so. yes.
0: And it's it's honestly fun. And it's kind of like a game to me in some really ways. Is. And so, like, I was trying to think about how to explain this. And one of the best real-life examples I can think of is an Easter egg in a movie, mm. right? So, I'm going to date myself, but Fight Club. <laughs> Great example. Dated, yes. Throughout the <laughs> movie, there's, like, these weird flashes that at the end, they kind of lay it all out. And spoiler alert, it's Tyler Durden. He's, like, crazy and... He's living two different lives and whatnot. And you're like, whoa, that's so cool. I see it now. And you can't unsee it when you watch it. Wow. Right? But as you watch it over and over and over and you work at it, you also may notice, which I did not know this. I had to look it up. But there's actually Starbucks coffee hmm. in every scene. Hmm. Either the coffee cup or coffee or some sort of vestibule that should have coffee. It's like a symbolism for consumerism.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, right?
1: Because that's what the movie's about. Yes. Dang. Which I,
0: I mean, you don't oh, know. Oh, that's dope, yo. <laughs> I know you like uh-huh, uh-huh. dig in. And so the same is true for Scripture, but it's, as we talked about last week, God is inexhaustible. And so, so is His Word. Yes. And so we can read something a thousand times and come up with something new and something to worship every single time. Yes. So it's way better. So it's so good. So
1: EFAP is seeing Christ in the Scriptures and the way that you do that is you try to catch the Easter eggs.
0: Yes. Almost. Yes. Is what you're
1: saying there. Yeah, it's really Go good. Yeah. 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 Look at you with the hunting reference from last time. Too. Yay! Okay. <laughs> okay, so give us like uh, an overview real Great. quick. What What is this? How, how do we begin to mm-hmm. understand what we're talking about? Yeah, so that we can dive into the actual scriptures and actually. So one of
0: the most helpful things that you need to take away from this episode is we have an amazing resource that we have created that outlines this specifically. So it kind of gives a big overview. It has some really helpful questions you can ask yourself to kind of help you find these things. It has the example of David and Goliath on the story. And so it breaks down what EFAP is. And so we're gonna do that here in a second. But the best way to do that is to have an actual Example. So we wanna show you what each of these words mean. Essentially, E is for example. So how is Christ our example? F stands for fulfillment. So how has he fulfilled things where we could not, the law, the promises of God, all Mm -hmm. of those things. Atonement, how has he paid the price for our sins? And then power, how does he empower us to now walk in the truth and the gospel and the freedom that he has given us? And so we're gonna explain that a little bit more in depth and how do you find Christ? How do you look for these things through the example of the story in Genesis 22 of Abraham sacrificing Isaac? And so if you are in a place where you can actually follow along with scripture, I'd encourage you to do that to kind of be able to follow along a little bit easier. Um, But that's a fairly well-known story. And so I'm just gonna tee up story to give a quick overview in case um, maybe you're new to scriptures and that's actually not a story that you know, Totally okay. You're going to learn it today. We're all growing and learning. If it's one you've heard a thousand times, this will just jog your memory to help see Christ as the overlap. And so after the overview, we'll kind of break down each piece.
1: That's really good. Yeah. yeah. So Genesis 22, really high level. And yeah, we could turn there. Um, if you're even pseudo familiar with the scriptures, you're probably familiar with this story. It's where Abraham is having to sacrifice Isaac because God asked him to sacrifice his son. Okay. Okay. Now, right away, I mean, immediately we should go, wait, (laughs) what what is happening here? God shouldn't be asking us to sacrifice Mm -hmm. our kids that's pagan. Yeah,
0: which so, I mean, so often we look at scripture and these things that don't make sense cause us to turn away from the word. Wow. They t- make us want to leave it because it doesn't that's really make good, sense. Mary. That is not what scripture is for. That is not what it's about. It's not meant to be contradictory or to lead us to confusion. That is not what the Holy Spirit wants for us. And so what it's doing is trying to draw our attention yeah. to something in this Easter egg. So you just got to keep digging. So if yes. you get to something that doesn't make sense, don't give
1: up. That's really, really good. Yeah. And maybe a quick, before I give this overview, just encouragement. This takes time,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like
1: we've been learning this for years and years and years, how scripture. to do this yeah. scripture. Yeah. yeah. And like understanding what the scripture is even saying. And so yes. the first read through, you're not going to get most of this. We didn't one either. My, I did to be not fair. at all. It takes time. The One of my favorite seminary professors, he said, the Bible doesn't bear fruit to the lazy.
0: Gosh, that's good. And that's, that's like a so hard true. truth, right?
1: Like it's hard, but it's like, I mean, that's true. You have to prune and take mm. care of the soil and, and take the fruit down at the right time and take care of it in the winter. Wow. And like you have to do this work for it to produce this worship.
0: Mm-hmm. But the
1: more work you're willing to do, the more worship it's naturally going to produce. And you're going to get so good at what we're talking about today that it'll just start flooding through the pages mm. over time. And then you get even better and it will flood even more. And so it takes time. So I don't want you to be discouraged if as we're walking through this example or our second example, if you're like, how, how? We're going to try to teach as best as we can. Mm -hmm. But really a part of it is like, we've been doing this for years now. And so that's why it's coming very naturally. Yeah.
0: And you worship along the way.
1: 100%. Okay. So Abraham, Isaac, God asks sacrifice. This is a pagan thing. Just like the serpent in the wilderness – Is a pagan thing if you're familiar with that story. Just like the cross is a pagan symbol Mm -hmm. if you're familiar with the story. So, so right away the reader should go.
0: This is weird. World, who is God? (laughs) Slow
1: you down Mm -hmm. and kind of make you ponder why is God asking this? And there's a reason for it. The reason this seems absurd is because it is absurd. It is absurd. The gospel is absurd. It
0: is. It is God
1: gave his only son Ugh. so that we can have life. That is an absurd reality. It's so the story should feel jolting mm. because the gospel should feel jolting when you think about it. So even that should produce worship. I literally have as a summary of the story, this story should seem absurd written in my Bible because it is absurd. Who would do such a thing? Yet this is the cost of salvation. Mm. And Jesus is the greater Isaac who would who was actually sacrificed for our sins. And so that's kind of the overview of the story, right? But thinking about EFAP specifically, like I think you can use this story. We won't read it. Hopefully you're kind of familiar with it to even draw some of this out. And so if I can give us a really quick overview of what's happening here. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus is our example, okay? He is the one that's showing us what this really should look like in a way. He is displaying the fullness of who he is. In this story, we have Isaac as an example of a son. And all throughout this text, it says, your only son, your son, your only son who Mm. you love, your son who you love, over and over and over again, well, that should begin to cue us. Why is the Bible using this phrase son over and over and mm-hmm. over again? We also know John 3.16, like mm-hmm. God's love of the world. He gave his only son. Um, but Isaac isn't Abraham's only son like this text is. Mm-hmm. We know that Ishmael is on the page if we read the story so far. yeah. And Jesus is the only begotten of God, but he also calls Israel a son and mm-hmm, we're a son. So mm-hmm. we're seeing this like, no, this is the son of the promise. Mm-hmm. This is the special son. Yeah, And so Isaac is that in the story, but Jesus is the actual special son, yes. the actual son of the promise. Isaac is just a picture, a foreshadow of Jesus, who is our actual example here. Mm -hmm. What we also see here is that toward the end of the story. So, for
0: example, we are looking to see Christ as something or someone that reminds you of Jesus. Really
1: good. Yeah. So, as we see
0: Isaac, he is acting in ways that were like Christ. Exactly. So, for the story, he is being offered. He is a son, just like Jesus was. He was obedient to his father when yes. he was bound. So we see, we can look for characteristics of other people that remind us and point us to Christ as our example. Yeah. So that's the way that Isaac, Isaac-
1: carried wood up a hill.
0: That's, oh. Uh, right? And yeah. then we also
1: see other examples. It's not just Isaac here, but what Abraham says as they're carrying this up on this hill to mm-hmm. make the sacrifice is that God is going to provide a lamb. Mm. And Isaac is like, okay, because he's like, I ain't trying to get sacrificed, right? <laughs> Isaac is talking. He's more likely a man in this, not a little boy, right. okay, or at least a teenager. And so he's like, hey, God's going to provide. God's going to provide the lamb. But then what we see later is that God actually provided a ram. Hmm. And so who is the lamb here? Right. What's happening the example for us here is like, hey, there's this offering that comes, but Jesus is the better lamb. He's yes. the better example. Yes. And so we have it all throughout. There's multiple things we could reference there, yeah. right? So
0: that's our E. Yeah. That's, that's our, our example. E. So totally. Christ is our example. The F stands for how Christ has fulfilled where we have failed. So when we're reading through a story, what we want to look for are there any roles? Are there any relationships? Are there any characteristics that have been ruined by sin? That's yes. a really great place to see. And what we can see is that Jesus is the better yeah. in those situations. So Jesus will always be the better leader. He will always be the better king. He will always be the better prophet, the better
1: water, anything garden, everything. temple, totally. Yes, he
0: has fulfilled all of the promises yeah. he, and the commands of God that we have not.
1: And so even in this story, what we see is like, hey, Isaac was an obedient son, Mm. but he didn't actually get sacrificed. Mm. So there was no fulfillment of the need. Like, this seems weird. Isaac should have died because he was sinful. Yes. And Abraham should have died too. That's what God said. The wages of sin is death. Mm. But he didn't die. He walked away. Jesus then becomes the better Isaac who was also obedient, Mm -hmm. but he was obedient even to the point of death. Yes, Philippians 2, even death on a cross. Mm, Yeah, And so Isaac didn't know what would happen here. Jesus did know, Mm, and he went anyway. Isaac wasn't sure. Abraham wasn't sure. Jesus Jesus was sure, and Mm. he still went. So he becomes the better Isaac in this story.
0: Yeah, yeah. So E, example, F is fulfillment. A is atonement, which we've t- we've touched on a lot. We're looking for how Christ has atoned for sin, so how He takes the punishment, how He traded places. Just what you said—that He took the place of Isaac, He took the place of Abraham, He took the place of me, He took the place of you on the cross to pay for sin, which would lead us to death. Yeah. And then when we look at P, which stands for power, how do we do that one? The yeah. walk in the Spirit. We're looking for how does. God invite us into partnering with Him now in His ministry. Totally.
1: And that's it. It's like, okay, it's almost like, okay, so now what? Yeah. Okay, so I I see that Christ was my example. I see that He fulfilled where I failed. I see He took my place and, by the way, gave me His place. Mm. So it's not just that He took our sins, that He also gave us His promises, His life, right? But then the P here, it's like, okay, hey, there's many things in this we are now in the family of God because of the sacrifice of Christ. Just like Isaac and Abraham were Mm. a part of the family of God. We now receive the same promises that Abraham received because of the sacrifice mm. of Christ. Mm. We can trust God just like Abraham could trust God because we see a better sacrifice yeah. was made. He
0: knew that he Isaac would not die. Now, how? Don't know, but he knew. Abraham trusted God like crazy. Yeah. What a great
1: example for Ugh. us, but he's not the ultimate example. Right. Jesus was the better, but we can, like Abraham, choose to trust God because mm. of what happened here. And once again, there's all of these things that are scattered throughout the story that Q. Us in on mm-hmm. this. The mention of sun over and over, the mention of a rose, the mention hmm. of took up, the mention of the wood, the yeah. fire that was going to be placed on the offering of Isaac, the mention of the lamb that was mm-hmm. coming. But the story says the ram was right. actually what was caught. Ding, ding, ding. So where's the lamb that Abraham promised? Well, Jesus, Jesus is going to come, <laughs> right? Uh, the ram was caught in a thicket with his Horns, so like these the
0: crown on Jesus' head
1: we're on this thing's head. Oh like, my gosh, there's so many things, yeah. Easter eggs,
0: Easter eggs, over
1: and over and over again to try to show us this isn't just a random story about God asking this random man to offer up a random son. This is pointing us to the story yes. that all of us are invited into and involved in mm-hmm. if we're a part of the people of God. So, so good. it should produce worship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was so good. Was that good? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. So example, fulfillment, atonement, power. Yeah. So that was kind of our overview, brief. And it's it's great. I mean, you can do this through all different kinds of scripture. Um, we've chosen an Old Testament passage. I love the Old Testament. Mm. There's so much value in the Old Testament, even though it feels hard, right? That is, according to Professor One, we need to dig into so that it's fruitful for us often. Yeah. Um, but it's the same scriptures that Jesus knew and loved and understood and so important for us. So we're actually going to look at a second example and do a little bit more of going through the process and looking at that. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Kings Chapter 18, verses 20 through 40. We're going to talk about the prophets of Baal defeated. So how in the world is this supposed to do about Jesus? Because this is a weird
1: story. That's why we we, picked it.
0: Yes, it's absolutely why we picked it. Because when you're
1: reading through the Bible in a year, you're like, what is happening? You're going to skip
0: over those sacrifices in Leviticus. You're going to skip over the ones in Exodus because they're hard. They're really hard. But they are fruitful.
1: And the more you practice, the more it bears fruit. Yes, yes, yes.
0: So... Prophets of Baal defeated. I think we need to give an overview of this passage too, just to give context, because reading 20 verses is not a great use of our time. Totally,
1: totally. You want
0: to give an overview? You want me to give an overview? Uh,
1: Yeah, overview real quick is just really simply, uh, this is where Elijah calls down fire from heaven to consume this sacrifice. What's happening in the story is Ahab is the king of Israel. Ahab was one of the most wicked kings that ever came. He stopped the worship of Yahweh and started the worship of Baal, a false god. So all these different false prophets were coming up. The altars of God were being torn down. Nobody was worshiping Yahweh. They were all worshiping these false gods. And Elijah comes and contends with them and says, yo, let's have a showdown. Mm -hmm. Let's begin to… This is actually a very exciting (laughs) story if you have not read it. It's
0: kind of crazy.
1: Yes. And so that's what happens. They have a showdown and they say, let's call out to our gods And whichever God answers, we know that that's the true God. And so that's what's happening. The story goes, they try to call out. Their God doesn't answer. Elijah calls out. Our God does answer because our God is the true God. Yes. And there's all of these things, but… This is not just a story about Elijah with these prophets of Baal mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. The Holy Spirit decided to include this story because it was also pointing towards yes. a greater story told and that's what we're doing here with the EFAP is trying to find what's the greater story told because mm-hmm. we can get a bunch of truths from this text that are really helpful that are for important. our lives. Really valuable, yes. but there's there's more than just what meets the eye, mm-hmm. even in this seemingly random story. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. so we're going to dive in. And so um, as we've kind of talked about, this isn't something that you get the first time you read it, the second time you read it, sometimes the third time you read it. Not to say that to be discouraging, um, but one of the things that Tori and I both do is if you're you're watching this, like we have so many notes everywhere. We have notes in our Bible. So encourage you to, number one, find a Bible that you enjoy reading. Yeah. If you don't want to read it, it's not going to help you. And so I've really fallen in love with the ESV illuminated scripture journals. Um, They have the word on one page and a blank page on the other. And so I can just go to town and write everywhere. Tori's Bible he's faithfully poured into is falling apart. (laughs) Find something that is helpful for you to read. Um, And so one of the things that I like to do when I'm first reading through a passage is just to read it and to look for things that stand out. So to find... Uh, ideas that remind me of other parts of scripture to find repetition, to find um, interesting language choice, right? Like I kind of have to put back on my like go to school hat and like taking a standardized test or something like, what is here? (laughs) What are they going to add? You know, just to kind of cover scripture um, and making notes and things. And so there was a few things I know, I remember that you were talking about that stood out in terms of looking at interesting word choice. Do you want to share some of that?
1: Yeah, totally. So, one of the things that there's all these different uh, tools, and by the way, like we do a how to read the Bible class mm-hmm, twice mm-hmm. a year uh, in the fall and in the spring that really teaches us just how to read the word in general. And we're, when you can use those tools to also find the gospel points, yes. to also find how it's pointing to Christ, it becomes that much more rich. And so one of the tools in our kind of observation of the word Mm -hmm. is really looking for different word choices that seem either repetitive or Mm -hmm. maybe even out of place. Mm. Strange, like what is that word doing there? And so right away, what we see in verse 21 is Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? Hmm. And it's like... Limping is a real weird word, right? Why
0: not just how long will you go between two different ideas, two different gods?
1: Exactly. What there's so many ways you could have said that. Why choose the word limping? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I really like doing, and actually Mary and I are really different in how we even find the gospel points, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about, but like what she does to find it, I don't do as naturally. And so even there, like the Bible done in community is really important. Yes, yes. There's this value when we mm-hmm. do this together, because like last week with our diversity in our ethnicities, how that's pointing to God, our cultures, so is true even in our natural learning yeah. styles yeah. and the way that God is wired, how we even see the scriptures. And so, so
0: good.
1: what I like using is like a lexicon showing, hey, what does this word mean in the Hebrew or in the Greek, whatever. I'm
0: sure, the original languages of the Bible.
1: Thank you, mm-hmm. and this word limping is actually the Hebrew word Passover. What? <laughs> okay, so if we have any familiarity with the scriptures, so it right reads, away, "How long
0: will you go pass passing over?" Essentially,
1: exactly. It's like what? Huh? Okay. Why not just say the word walking? Even why use the word mm. Passover? Right away, we're getting this big story in Israel. Mm -hmm. The word limping, guess what? It's only used at the Passover in Exodus chapter 12. Mm -hmm. Here in this story and into the New Testament when Christ becomes the Passover lamb for us. So now we're starting to, oh, okay, gosh. Why this word choice? Because it's trying to show us something Mm -hmm. bigger than what's standing here before us. They are sitting here limping like Jacob also was limping mm. before God as he interacted with God and God changed him and just like the Passover happened where we are atoned for our mm. sins. So too, these people are choosing this Passover that's not God. Mm. It's like they're trying to use the same ideas the same, but find it in another God. Wow and that can only be found in Yahweh. So he's like yo, if the Lord, if Yahweh is Elohim, if the Lord is God, then follow him. If this is the true Passover, then follow him. Mm. But if Baal, follow him. Which one is actually going to pass over your sins? Which one is actually mm. going to respond? Which one is actually going to atone? Which one is actually going to give wow. you power? So, right away, just with the word limping, using a little bit of lexicon, I don't know Hebrew and Greek fully. I can like cheat it a little bit. <laughs> I took the languages, but I'm not good at them. Mm-hmm. So, I got to use all of this help. But there's all this help that allows us through different sources, resources, Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what that means, start to find depth there. What's your
0: favorite, easy, suggested resource? If somebody finds out what a word means. So like you saw limping there. Another great um, trick in the Bible is oftentimes people's names Will mean something. And so if someone wanted to say, look up the word Elijah, what is a great resource that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, Mm -hmm. Blueletterbible.org. This is a really easy, you could type in any passage and then you could break down, it breaks down word by word, what's being said there, Mm -hmm. what the original language was, what tense it's being used in, I Get grew up in Detroit in public in school system. I don't know what tenses are. So or you're what saying
0: it's accessible to is all. It's accessible to all.
1: And I say that very intentionally where it's like you don't got to be this like super nerdy or, or scholarly. I don't know what English. Like straight up, right? <laughs> and yet I can do it because it tells me and it yeah. helps me learn. And now all I got to do is know the scriptures mm. and that's what gives life. So anyway, so blueletterbible.org that's what I tend to use. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you use something different? I or? like
0: blueletterbible.org, it does not only, you can find word choice, but it can also do cross references, which Mm. is actually one of my favorite tools or easiest tools for finding the gospel. Because I also don't know Greek or Hebrew. That's a very tedious thing sometimes there are words that stick out like that limping is super obvious. And I always look at people's names and things like that because I've just learned that there's often nuggets hidden there, right? Like that's where the Easter eggs are in the in the bushes and in the grass is covered up. <laughs> um, but cross-references are so helpful, I think, because um, scripture is the same from beginning to end. And so if it's referencing another story in the Bible, that can help give context. It can help give understanding yeah. to the story at large. And so there's a thousand cross-references in here that mm. are amazing. If y'all are watching, I have um, one, two, three, four pages of (laughs) cross-references because man, it just led so much life to this passion. So I'd love (laughs) to show an Easter egg that I found with one cross-reference. It shows that Jesus is the better warrior Mm. for us as Mm. we look at fulfilling, as we look at really his power. Um, We see Jesus as the better warrior. So couple of things when we, what, what made me really find it at first is when you read verse 25, it says, then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first for you are many and call upon the name of your God and put no fire to it. And that phrase for you are many, I was like, I've heard that somewhere hmm. before. So I went to blueletterbible.org and I looked up the cross, cross reference and it showed Mark five and Luke eight. Do you know what stories wow. those are?
1: Oh, the demoniac. Yes. Dang. Okay. So, someone wow. is
0: possessed by. Demon, and it says, Legion for we are many now.
1: Which a demon is a false god, yes, like Baal. Wow, yes, okay, so
0: verse 19, which goes a little bit back, sometimes it's important to go a little bit before the story and a little bit after to give context. In verse 19, it says, Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to meet at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal. Do you know how much a legion is?
1: I'm going to guess 450. (laughs) So it's between 400 and
0: 500. Uh, Wow, wow. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So we're seeing this unseen realm start to unfold of like Jesus is now interaction with going on. Is it exactly Mm -hmm. the same? I don't know. But the theme is the same because I know scripture. And so sometimes as we're like starting with this, we're like, is that really the connection? Is it really not? I mean, if it is... In the story, if it is Jesus, if it is in scripture, it's helpful to connect concepts. And so that phrase is what stood out. And so if you continue to look at that through the story, you see different things like cutting themselves and and pieces of that, which you'll, we'll talk about a little bit more. But that happens in Jesus' story in, Luke, in uh, Mark 5 and Luke 8, that this person is cutting themselves and hurting themselves. Wow. Then also, wow. when we look to the very end of the story in 1 Kings, in... Um, Verse 40, it says, and Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. Yo. So that seems like crazy, but brook is water, Kishon. So they're they're being killed in water. In the Yo. story in Mark 5, Jesus cast the pigs uh, cast the demons into the pigs. Then the pigs run off a cliff and drown in the sea. But Yo. wait, the Bible doesn't <laughs> stop there. Revelation 19 and 20, who else gets finally defeated and thrown into the lake of fire? Dang,
1: Satan himself. Satan
0: himself.
1: Wow, 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 so, wow,
0: wow, wow, whoa, unfolding Easter eggs before eyes. That, that was just is so, so crazy. Good.
1: That is so good. I'm actually even looking up like, See, look, we're doing this right now. What, what type of animal was Baal? I know he was an animal. He was a bull. He was a bull.
0: That's right. He was okay. a... Uh, d- 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 I was about to say,
1: if he was a pig, yo, I would have freaked out this I know, this I looked that up. He's <laughs> depicted as a bull or yes, a yes, ram. That's right.
0: Worship sometimes included child sacrificed, often firstborn... Interesting that he called for. And they often offered sheep and bulls to him.
1: That's really good. So what you were using there though, the the start on soft, you're using Mm cross-reference. And you went, okay, wait, I know this phrase. I think it's used somewhere else. Uh Let me find this. Boom. And so then, which is really, really good. So we have lexicon, talked about Mm -hmm. kind of word, almost the epitomology even at times of Mm -hmm. words, cross-reference. One of the things too that you can do is correlation.
0: Mm. What
1: that is is, hey, how does this correlate with other stories? Which is what you were doing with the cross-reference. That makes sense. Okay. But even thinking about like wood and fire, Mm. we just read… Genesis 22.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: guess what? Isaac was carrying wood and fire. Hmm. Now, is there something there? Maybe not. But we also know Jesus was carrying wood. Now, there was no fire. So, okay, is there something missing there? But it at least allows you to begin to go, gosh, is there something here?
0: Yeah.
1: As you begin to correlate the scripture on top of other scriptures. Mm -hmm. So, it's the same kind of idea as cross-referencing it's just kind of taking almost more the themes of it hmm. versus the like actual words or mm-hmm. sometimes it literally the repeats story itself. As a whole. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that's just one like kind of small one there.
0: Yeah. Did you have any specific ones for themes?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, thinking about that theme thing, it's like, okay, there's also the way we find Jesus in the scriptures is by understanding the themes of the Bible mm-hmm. and seeing how Jesus plays those themes out or is the better of that theme, etc. And so themes can be anything, right? Like garden is a big theme in the scriptures. Right, right. The temple is made after the Garden of Eden. It looks like the Garden hmm. of Eden, So does the Ark of the Covenant. So does Mm. the, or angels are a theme or whatever. We can go on and on, right? Yeah. And so it's like these different themes begin to show all of this different kind of correlation. And so one of the things that we actually see, even in the theme of like demons, demoniac, false worship, false gods, Mm -hmm. like Baal here, though a bull, he was the God of thunder so huh. this is a direct mockery of Baal as they're trying to call down from heaven like fire, which thunder, lightning creates fire. Like, hmm. So this is a direct assault against wow. who their false god is. And all the time throughout the scriptures, what you see are these themes of a direct assault against false gods. Hmm. In Egypt, there was 10 plagues and there was known to be 10 gods of huh. Egypt. And it was a direct assault against their gods. Like, wow. your gods can't do what our God can do. That's right.
0: Yes. He like tries to mimic and they the sorcerers, whatever the word is, tries to do the same. And they can
1: cheat it a couple of times.
0: They did cheat. Just They'd like Satan. cheaters. Ooh, Satan Deceived. can appear as an angel
1: of light at times, mm. which is why we need to know the real God, right? Yes. And so, yeah. So there's all of these different, like little tiny things like that. Or there's these uh, uh, kind of bigger themes, if you were, with like, this beautiful phrase, which I know you have some stuff on too, which is the offering of oblation hmm. in verse 29. Yes. Now, first of all, I don't know what oblation is. So I had to look <laughs> up the literal word. <laughs> like, so it's
0: okay not to know.
1: Exactly. Go dig. I'm like, what is, I've never heard that word in the scriptures.
0: Is it used anywhere else? I don't no, think it is.
1: Nowhere else. Mm. So another tool that I use is Bible Gateway. Hmm. I just type in oblation. And guess what? It only shows up twice, both times in the story. And so really simple, almost kind of like cross-references types of things. But that word oblation is actually just the word offering. And so Hmm. what happens here in verse 29 is that they raved until the time of the offering of oblation or the offering of offerings. Huh, interesting. So now you go, well, wait a minute, what? what is the offering of offerings? Hmm. That feels like like the Day of Atonement should be the offering mm. of offerings if you're familiar with Leviticus. But this is not talking about the Day of Atonement. It's talking about the burnt offerings,
0: right.
1: which happened during day and night. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it was a
0: lamb. I think it was when my research was the lamb in the morning and then a lamb in the evening.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so what what is this offering of offerings? But then what happens at the time of the offering of offerings— But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Why repeat that three times? Hmm. You could have just said, there was no voice and we get the story. But over and over, it's talking about, okay, so there's this theme of offering that's Mm -hmm. used all throughout the scriptures. Mm -hmm. This is a clear theme. And what happens is, is when an offering is prepared, God responds to that offering. He atones us. He makes us righteous. He takes away our sin Mm -hmm. and gives us righteousness. Here, they're trying to receive this from a false God and no one answers. Now let's fast forward to the cross of Christ. Mm -hmm. What else happens? The offering of offerings, the true Mm -hmm. Lamb of God. Jesus also cries out to God
0: Hmm. and and no one answers.
1: So Jesus now becomes our atonement, why? Because when you and I call out to God, nobody should answer, but Jesus gets treated as if he's a false prophet, Mm. even though he's the very prophet of God and literally God does not answer him, why? So that when you and I call out to God, we can now know that somebody will answer because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he is our atonement, he takes our place, He does not hear the voice of God so that you and I can forever hear the voice of God. He gets treated like the false prophet, though Mm. the true prophet, so that you and I who are actually false prophets worshiping a false God might now be prophets of God, literally speaking on behalf of God, like placed into the family of God. There's the power piece. And so this theme of offering journeys me into the theme of the ultimate offering of Christ. And the more I understand the offerings, the more Mm -hmm. I'm seeing like, Yo, Jesus is fulfilling all the offerings. Here's a nugget
0: for you. Yeah, yeah. Cross-reference nugget. Psalm 141.2 says this, let my prayer be counted as incense before you Hmm. and the lifting up my hands as the evening sacrifice. Dang,
1: dang. So when we look at in verse
0: 36, when it says, Hmm. and again, at the time of the offering of ablation, that's when Elijah calls out, And so now we, when we call out, our prayer to God is not only heard, but it is an offering of incense Mm. like the evening sacrifice, which was the offering of the oblation.
1: And in Revelation, it says that our prayers now get offered up as incense before God. Come on, yo. That's so good. (sighs)
0: So good. Okay.
1: So now all of a sudden, we're not just reading this random story. We're worshiping. We're like, yo, Jesus is the better Elijah. Which, by the Mm. way, when Jesus goes up onto a mountain and transfigures, who shows up there? (gasps) Moses and Elijah. That's right. Why? Moses is showing kind of the old prophetic way, Mm. the first five books. Elijah is almost like the new prophet. Mm. But there's a greater prophet that's going to come. They go and they worship Jesus, the true word of God, who speaks the true words Mm. forever, who is the true prophet of God. But like, this is an example. This is a representation gosh, of so the prophet good. to come. So Elijah is this picture of the better. The false prophets are a picture of us, but Jesus mm-hmm. becomes like that. He gets treated like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, Taking you see it place. weaving in and out, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Give us give us another one. Just okay. give me something. Yeah. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in so worship mode now. So another
0: really great trick uh, that's really simple is to just stop and take a moment for context. Yeah. So school hat, who, what, when, where, why? Mm. Really easy place to start to understand a little bit of context. Sometimes gives nuggets, and so one that I found was actually for when. So when the story is taking place, they're in a drought. Hmm. So they they haven't had. I don't remember how long, but they haven't had rain three for, and a half years
1: at this point. Look at you, uh, it's like I'm for, a pastor or something for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they're
0: you know, water has now become this very prized commodity and resource. And I got stuck in verses 33 through 35, which they put the wood on the altar, they cut the bowls, it says they fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. Mm. They do it a second time, they do it a third time. And so the water is like running around this whole trench. And I'm like, that Mm. is such a waste. Now I was like, well, it just really shows that God is more powerful because you can't burn wood that's covered in water. Mm, Which is true. But when we think about scripture as an entirety, we are called to offer all of ourselves our most prized resources. God himself Mm. offered his most prized resources, Mm. only son for us. So we see Jesus is the better water for us, Um, which also led me to dig more because I was just like, gosh, that's so so strange. And it uses the term that the water is being poured out. And that made me think about when Jesus, um, on the cross after he has died, has been pierced. What pours out? Blood
1: and water pour out.
0: Sacrifice. Dang. The blood covering the water. Here we are. Dang. Okay. Okay. Taking. I keep going. This is this is a great part. It's like one nugget can lead to another nugget leads to another nugget. Yeah. So good. So we talk about the blood gushing out and the water. In the trench, in this story, super interesting. When you talking even about Jesus being the better Elijah, Elijah calls to the people of Israel three times saying, come near, hmm. come near to me, come near. We see Jesus, like we like we talked about as the offering of uh, ablation, which happens in the morning and evening, the beginning and the end. Hmm of hmm. the jewish day so there's these like different themes They're like being drawn in being the beginning and the end this water and so it brought me to revelation 22 which says oh wow i marked it to be quick uh verse 13 says i am the alpha and the omega yeah the first and the last the beginning and the end hmm. holy smokes 14, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. So we see Jesus' blood that has washed us white. We think about that, purifying us, making us clean, yes. all of those things. And then another nugget comes in verse 17 as it reads, the spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty come. Dang. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price it says, come three times. Wow. Take the water of life, the the water and the blood that was poured out from Jesus, the trench. This idea of like water and like a river and flowing. I was just like,
1: dang yo, holy
0: smokes. Folks. Yeah,
1: yeah. What
0: in the name? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yes. I was just… Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Man, praise God. That's really right? good. Like
0: the what we are offered best. All from the fact that it said water in jars and a trench. Like what the heck is a trench doing there?
1: Yeah, before? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why emphasize a trench? Mm-hmm. Why? Okay. Even as you're talking, I'm like, well, wait a minute. The… Blood, water, obviously that's what comes out of Christ mm-hmm. when he's pierced. But also these people, they're cutting themselves. And verse 28, it says, They cried aloud, just like Jesus did on the cross, cut themselves, as was their custom, with swords and lances, until blood gushed out upon them. Hmm. Um, once again, one of the tools is like just ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like why say upon them? When somebody why not says not on the
0: altar, why not any of these other things? When
1: somebody says you got cut with a sword, you don't gotta say that, like you get what happened. Yeah. They can say, cut with the sword and blood gushed out.
0: Cool. So you know it was deep, you know it was whatever, you're getting the picture. So
1: why add the phrase mm-hmm. upon them there? Maybe it's because they were smearing it on themselves or something, and you kind of get this like really weird pagan demonic worship. Okay, mm. maybe. But also Blood was upon Christ. Literally, it talks Mm. about that all the time. The blood was pouring out upon him. But furthermore, the scriptures would actually say for you and I to truly be atoned, the blood of Christ needs to be poured or smeared
0: Mm, on us. Wow. Passover, remember the limping? The blood
1: gets upon the doorframe, which Which represents our heart. The
0: limping, the Passover with the smearing and the cutting. And now this mutilation of ourselves has now become, uh but do you and I
1: got to mutilate ourselves? No, No. why? Because Christ was mutilated on our behalf. And now the blood that fell upon him as we stand underneath the foot (laughs) of the cross and that blood now comes upon us, you and I are delivered. Washed clean. Our God answers us. Ooh. God can't. So write this little tiny phrase, yes. the correlation <laughs> once again, it begins to create all of this life, yo. Worship. It begins to yeah. create worship in our hearts where we go, thank you, Jesus. Wow. Because we should be like the false prophets of Baal pleading to some God to answer. Mm. And instead, Christ came on our behalf <laughs> and He pled for us. And now we, as we trust in Him— can receive the power of God. We know that God answers us. We could be like Elijah. Here's another Mm. really crazy, interesting thing you mentioned earlier, like looking up names. Mm. The name Elijah, I know it really well because it's actually my youngest daughter's name. Oh, that's right. Her name is Elia, (laughs) but the J and the Y, in Hebrew, there is no J. It's a transliteration. So it's really uh, Elia is what this man's Mm. name is. And it means uh, the Lord is God, Eli or Eli, God, L, yeah. Yah, Yahweh, so God, so God, God, so Lord huh. is God. And if you look at the end, as the people see in verse 39, they realize that God comes, He falls like fire, consumes everything, and they cry out, the Lord, He is God. Hmm. The Lord, He is God. So like, are they crying out for that? Or are they saying Elijah's name? Hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah. both. yeah. But what name do you and I cry out Mm -hmm. when we call upon the name of Jesus, who was the better Elijah, who did the better sacrifice, who called upon God and brought better power. Who brings
0: literal salvation. Not just it says in verse, um, this was another one, another nugget, but it says, turned their hearts back.
1: Wow, that's good.
0: Christ is the only one who really changes our hearts and turns them from stone to flesh. So like another nugget in that of like, not only does he help us cry out, but like literally changes us in a way that even Elijah couldn't.
1: That's so good. And then when you call upon the name of the deliverer, of the one who called down Mm -hmm. the fire of heaven, which by the way, the Holy Spirit fell upon us like fire. Christ is the one that called that down, right? (laughs) As you call out upon that, you are delivered. You can be free just like they were here. There's all these things, Joe. Like, even as I'm looking, I'm like. Why did it consume in verse thirty-eight? The dust, dust and is what God made us from, and the there's stones a that represent
0: Israel. All of these crazy right? can keep going. Why does
1: it lick up the water? Hi,
0: man. I tried to find <laughs> one for that. I did tried, you look? and I yeah. could not because that's another weird word choice. And yeah. you're way better at that. So I tried to spend some time figuring out what the licking was about, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. So there's even if all these you figure it out, hey, email me and let me know.
1: <laughs> like, yo, listen, altar is the word miscible in Hebrew which means the place of slaughter Hmm. Uh, that's where the burnt offering was in Leviticus chapter 1 and 3 so if you are familiar with Leviticus you can see what they're doing Mm, here
0: it's an important book
1: correlation once again now all of a sudden though that word burnt which is what they're offering here the burnt offering is the same Hebrew word for the word ladder
0: That's weird. Remember
1: the limping Jacob thing I talked about earlier? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What did Jacob also see connected to God? A ladder that went up to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on
0: it. The going up, which they're on a mountain. John
1: chapter 1 says that Jesus is the ladder of God, Mm -hmm. the staircase to heaven. So once again, this word burnt is like, why that word? See all, and so the more you do it, the more you start like swimming and you feel like you're like drowning in yes. the ocean of, <laughs> of goodness. Of <laughs> this random story is no longer a random story. Right. You know? It becomes this never
0: is. It gateway never
1: is. to like life. Oh my gosh, what you just said there. It never is. The Holy Spirit did not put any words in here by mistake. Yes. He ain't wasting his breath. Mm. So if it's in the scriptures, it's because it's trying to show you something. That's so, so sometimes good. people are like, how can these names always correlate with the story? It's like, it's because the Holy Spirit is drawing attention to the name. Yes. If one of these 450 men, if one of their names was like, Baal is true and Yahweh is false, if that was what their name meant, it would probably tell you this prophet and the other 450 men. So true. Because it's trying to draw your attention to pieces of the story. So names are important. What is Mount Carmel? That happens there. Why the 450? You already brought it out. Like mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is not wasting breath on all of yeah. this. So. And He
0: wants us to understand. Yes. He wants us.
1: And He's the one that illuminates Scripture. Yes. So as we pray to Him, He'll help us see it. And as we work with Him, we'll grow in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. We could keep going, as uh, you I can want see. To. I but want to. for the <laughs> Look, sake like of five listeners, other notes. <laughs> I know, for the sake of other notes, let's start wrapping up. So, okay, yeah. so now what,
1: mm, Tori? Yeah. Okay, so
0: now what? How do we send people?
1: Yeah. For this one, yeah. Um, gosh, read the Bible. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm not even trying to be trite, <laughs> right? No, it's, like, it's true. We are a people that have been created to worship something. And if we are able to start to see Christ in the text, what will happen is that the Bible won't just be some moral code that we mm. try to live by. It'll be something that produces in us worship. So good. Ultimately the worship of Christ. And so the okay, so now it's like, hey, like, like start digging into the word. Mm-hmm. If you're like, I don't know how they just did that, I lost them at minute chapter minute three. <laughs> cool. Like do that in community. Yes. Like I was taught this. I think I'm the one that you taught, taught you the FAP, yes. right? Like And then you just started teaching me today. Like, as you just grow, it's like, gosh. So spend time in the Word. Spend time, honestly, trying to worship Christ. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, either the person of Christ or the work of Christ in every piece of Scripture, what you start to see is like life. Mm -hmm. Life abundantly. Yes. Which is what Christ has. And so, okay, so now what is read the Bible.
0: Yeah. Gosh, that was well said.
1: Well said. (laughs) I love you, friend. This is great. Thanks. Yeah. You too. This is great. Thanks,
0: guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at www.thewellaustin.com slash podcast.